calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Welcome back, adventurers, to the Lucky Die. Previously, Balance is informed he needs a better education. Ral becomes the ultimate team player, and Zoltana makes a new best friend. Upon leaving Falson, our inmates came across the ever-present threats in the form of three Celestials. After being warned by the Sandman that he was interested in Zoltana's dreams, the Valkyrie was forced to leave her sentient longsword behind. Having survived the threat, and having gained a new, if not wholly trustworthy, new friend, will they get to Dari without further incident? I guess you're about to find out. Welcome back to the Lucky Die. we had left it you had the world's greatest set of teamwork happening as you managed to fix the back axle of your cart um the asshole horse clack is still being a bit of an asshole but he's at least quietened down a little 
Um, the sun is setting. You probably have two or three days travel left before you get to Dowry. What do you guys want to do? Uh, where are we're not in in woods right now, are we? We were like right outside some woods. You're on no, you're you're because of like you're on a pathway, and there are some woods like off to one side, but you're not actually in the woods proper. Uh, what do you guys think about setting up camp for the night in the woods? Um, is it safer there? Probably a better idea. Yeah, it's definitely safer than being out on the open path. Okay. I mean, I know that there are celestials, but uh, I think that we're probably safer in the woods. Well, we're going to have to take shifts for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You should take the first shift because you're, you know, an elf, so you don't have to sleep. I'm all right with that. Right. Rather right, right, no, I should take the, the first and the, the last because we, we can't, can't see in the, the dark. Oh, That's yeah, true yeah. Too. You should take the first shift in the dark and then I'll take the second. So, Caden, balance me, Ral. Ral should take the very last shift because he did get injured today and I didn't get to fully heal him up. So, he probably needs the rest most of all of us. Mm, I mean, I can stay awake. Yeah, but Caden volunteered for either the first or last shift, and I just think it makes more sense that way. Okay. I don't, I don't have have a problem with that. But let's 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 set up a camp. Let's get the, the horses is sorted out and then the cart cart pulled out to one side. All right. Um Caden leads the horses since he has a better animal handling than anyone. Um Oh yeah, we're <laughs> terrible animal handlers. I mean I have a plus three. Come on guys. I just did a bad <laughs> roll. Just a real bad roll. Um, Caden, Caden gets the horses sorted out and uh, you guys manage to set up camp for the night. Um, do you all just go straight to sleep or are you campfire storing? Or Caden will start his patrol, so he'll leave you to it for his first two hours. Um, I think balance probably would just be kind of relaxing, leaning up against a tree, maybe doing a... Like using minor illusion, casting it above the fire and making it do like different shapes and whatnot, just like... Trying to de-stress. Zoltana would probably, like, she'd go to, like, she she probably puts down her bedroll and, like, gets ready to go to sleep and then kind of, like, has a second thought about it and goes and sits by the fire. Okay. Uh, she does not look comfortable. <laughs> um, Rawls probably laying down, uh, just kind of watching the fire, just staring at it as he tries to go to sleep. You'll notice that Sultana looks uncomfortable. She's put down her bedroll, sort of laid down and went, nope, fuck this, and went sat down. You guys can all see this. If you want to interact, go for it. If you don't, then we'll move on. Is there a problem, Sultana? Uh, it just... What that uh, Sandman said. With your dreams? Yeah. I've Is there something a... you want to talk about? Having dreams about my past, like reliving my past and my dreams. And then uh, I hear cries for help, and it's just not fun. I see my wife a lot. She's crying. I'm crying. I um. These are different dreams. Why was he interested? I am confused. I mean, I have dreams, but... He seemed really interested in yours. I, I don't know. I I think it's because of the cries for help and the stuff like that. What 
What happened after? After what? The fight in the alley. Oh. How did you survive? I was pulled away by my surviving friends. Specifically, Elise. Elise pulled me away. What happened to the others? Elise, she couldn't handle traveling with us anymore. Um, So I don't know what happened to her. She left us. And then Benno and I traveled together. We were family. But when I started, you know, my vengeance quest sort of thing, he he said it wasn't what Odette would have wanted. And he, we parted ways. We had a fight. Hmm. What about the two that fell? They, they they died. Tuck and, and Odette. They died. Where we are going, you don't have any friends remaining there, do you? I guess not. I mean, this I think there's some members of the family we were trying to save that uh was still alive, but um I don't know if they'd want to see us. See me. Hmm. I mean, didn't really save all of them. You can't. That was what we were trying to do. I know you balance that you think I'm like cold and callous and an asshole, but I wasn't always like this. When you have your heart ripped out, it's hard. And that's when Odette died, she was my heart. So my heart was just completely ripped out of me. And I didn't know how to survive. And I had to do something. Tia would want justice. And for me, justice is enacting upon them what they enacted upon me. And enacted upon those poor people. It's not just about Odette. It may not be the right way, but it might not be the wrong way. My mentor, when I was still training to be an inquisitor, he tried to teach me, and I think that I'm learning more and understanding more as life goes on, that the law is there for a reason. That doesn't mean that it is right. But that just means that if it's wrong, it needs to be changed. The way I grew up, the double ones were the law. And I ran into them a lot when I was traveling. I ran into a lot of the outside effects of their, of our actions. And uh, it wasn't pretty. It made me really face a lot of... You know, I started facing what we, they, we, whichever, were uh, bef- right as I before I left. But uh, I really had to face it, especially in Dalry. So it's it's hard for me going back there. Not looking forward to it, but. 
They have a base of operations there? Would I know, do they? As far as you know, Double Ones have people everywhere, base of operations? Mm, probably not. Yeah. Uh, not a base of operations, but they have people everywhere. You guys become aware that Caden has come back. Everything alright, Caden? He nods. I'm, I'm just um, it's get, getting a bit too too dark. Um, well, one one of you use up. Uh, right. I think that's me then. Yeah. Balance. Hmm. How many people have you helped find? Um, justice. Do I? How many? Like, what would be like an answer for that, Alanda? Um, well, you were acting under Talvin for many years. Um, you probably would have had a few cases of your own that were minor. And you did help that family in your very first backstories. Hmm. Flashback. I will leave it up <laughs> to you. I've helped my fair share. I've had a few cases that I did solo and a few others that I did with my mentor. Marl just kind of smiles at you. Um nods and uh, lays his head back down and looks back at the fire. All right, well, I'm going to go take my watch. Okay. Um, Zoltana, Raul, do you go to sleep? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Zoltana probably spends like half an hour or two an hour trying to stay up. Like she does not want to go to sleep. She's not looking forward to it, but uh, eventually she does. All right, I need you, as per usual, when you go to sleep, uh, I need you to make a wisdom saving throw. Um, yep. 21. You have, uh, you have dreams. You have dreams of that kind of very weird skeletal body of, of the Sandman, but he's not, you don't feel any other entity, you don't feel anything else. You feel something attempting to get at you, as you do most nights. But the cries of pain are not there and your dreams continue in the completely non-sequitur, completely random way that dreams often are. You have a, for about a letter term, a peacefulish night when you dream. Um, okay, balance. I would like you to make a perception check for me, please. Sure. There it is. 17. Um, you become aware that there is indeed movement in the woods. Um, you hear the howling of wolves. You hear like the, the you know the, the rustling of bushes, but they don't seem to be particularly close. Um, you kind of you know you kind of get the idea that are little bunnies bouncing around, but you don't really see them so much. Other than that, your watch is kind of peaceful. Um, while balance is on his watch, he probably pulls out um, his signet ring. Yep, and just is kind of like absentmindedly, just kind of like twirling it around in his hand, sliding it on and off of his finger, just kind of thinking about when he was actually an Inquisitor. Hmm. Sure. Um, okay. Even if a junior one, but... Even if only but a junior one. Yeah. Um, take a history check for me. 19. 19. You... Spend some time thinking about being a, an inquisitor, a junior inquisitor. 
and your memory strays back to the night of your 100th birthday. Your memory strays back there. You are thinking, considering the moves, considering the words, the last words that your mother really ever spoke to you. And you begin to think and work out who was there, the people you were supposed to meet. And you remember you were supposed to meet a drow friend of yours, but he never seemed to arrive. You expecting him after midnight, but thinking about it after midnight, that was after you were already thrown and tossed away, before you were already removed from from being, well, Laffian. You also remember a couple of people that were there. You remember your aunt, your mother, your father. You remember Talvin. You remember the look of love that he was giving Nimverna. You remember her. You remember the wizards that were there. You remember that there were quite a few of them. You remember the aunt had arranged this spectacular display of uh, of magic, fire shooting into the air, creating shapes. Um, and you remember talk of a wizard named Daechin. Um, and you remember that he was actually a part of the Witcher Society. Friendly, older elf, quite a nice guy. All right. Balance is just going to keep pondering as he's uh, taking his watch. Okay. Uh, who do you wake up for the next? Uh, next one up would be Zoltana then. Yep, that me. Excellent. Zoltana, you're woken up by balance. I assume balance goes to sleep. Uh, well, meditation. Meditate, yeah, whatever you weird elves do. Um, Thanks. And you, weird you're elves. welcome. Weird. <laughs> they meditate. I'm still awake. It's BS, you're meditating. Um, Zoltana, make a perception check for me. Okay. Nine. A. E. Terrible. You don't notice the, uh, you don't really notice the bunnies bouncing around. You do spot glowing red, uh, glowing yellow eyes off into the woods. They seem to be prowling around. They're quite close. Uh, Howling, probably wolves. I'm just going to grab onto Cal. Yes. Kill them. If they <laughs> if they try to attack the camp. Uh, why do I even bother? Listen, you know me, don't worry, we'll see bloodshed soon. Yes. That's my girl. And again you have a fairly peacefulish like yeah, your watch is not bad. Um, the sun is beginning to come up as you hand over to Ra. Yep, I wake Ral. up Rawl. I've already put the sword. I've put the sword back in the sheath because I know he's not comfortable with it. So uh, <laughs> I'm gonna wake up. I would be really awkward waking up Rawl like holding the sword that he hates like in my hand. Like, hey, hey, buddy, hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I assume Zoltana is that much not that much of a dick. Uh-oh. <laughs> She's not right. really that much of a dick. Uh, no. So, yeah, she she's Cal, and she goes and she wakes up Rawl gently, and she's like, hey, hey, buddy, it's your turn. Okay. I'm up, I'm up. Okay, cool. And then she goes and, like, plops right back down on her <laughs> sleeping bag because she, you know, had peaceful dreams, so she's not worried about going back to sleep. Uh, is there anything in particular that Raul wants to do? Otherwise, you're rolling a perception check, my man. Um, I'm going to be sitting by the fire. 
uh, for a little bit of light. And I'm going to pull that book out. And okay. I want ah. to look through it for any thing that Ama might have noted in margins or any loose papers or anything like that. Uh, I want to be looking for... Didn't we leave that book with I just kind of want to look at it. No, yeah, absolutely not. Oh, no, yeah, you... You were Absolutely too- fucking lootney, not no. no. I would have left that with. I was like, afraid fuck no. for you to show it to Demi. <laughs> you were like, we showed fuck, it. fuck no. We showed it to Demi, and then she gave it back, and yeah. Mel was like, "I don't want that." She couldn't read it either. Near my book. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it was written in a variety of languages. She could read some of it, but not all of it. Hmm. Um, so there were things that she couldn't read at the moment. She could eventually, but not right now. Right, I she think would that's have to call for it. Okay, let me find the entry on Ama in my big pile of stuff. <laughs> Is this the first time you've ever really looked at the book? Um, it's the first time that I've probably studied it. I've probably okay. seen her working with it, but I probably didn't think that I could do anything with it. I, I haven't looked at it, really. Okay. Um, looking through this book, um, it's written in Draconic, but a very ancient form of Draconic, a very old form of Draconic. This is, this is, you know, it's equivalent of us speaking to someone like 300 years ago. We would barely able to be able to understand them. Right. Um, so Ama has gone through and, and written some, some notes and the notes you are definitely able to understand. Um, I need you to make an investigation check. Um, there are a couple of different tiers depending on what you get, it's depending on how much information you're going to get. So you'll get something, but how much is going to depend on how much you uh, get on this. Yeah, roll's not the smart one, but uh, that is a 15. Excellent. Could have been worse. Um, okay. You learn um, from various translations. You find that the translation of the name of the book is called The Dragon Daimarius and the Children of Blood. Um, you also learn that this book is about orders and assembly. They seem to be two different entities. Um, you also have a few phrases that are written at the bottom. Uh, one is a phrase that you recognize because Amor would use it occasionally. Um, a broken heart that's mended beats strongest. And it seems to be written at the bottom of one of these pages. It seems to be like uh, different chapters, and this seems to be written at the bottom of one of them. And flicking through, you find another one, and it's underlined with kind of like uh, massively underlined, scrawled in very, very heavy in, in Amos' handwriting. And it says, strength of mind and a strong arm. Now, this rings a bell with you because that is actually kind of the motto of the fourfold. Hmm. And that's... The three pieces of information I'm going to give you. Okay. Other than that, he's probably just flipping through it. Um, you just occasionally, yeah, you occasionally see things are underlined. Um, yeah. Some scrawl in Amos shorthand. You don't always understand Amos shorthand anyway. <laughs> um, there are a couple of sentences here and there that seem to make no sense, any real sense, like uh, assembly question mark, order question mark, shelters. Um. There's a couple of things here and there, especially in shorthand, you don't say a couple of words underlined, which don't make no sense to you. They just appear to be a, a, a jumble of letters and runes. Uh, you don't really understand what they mean and possibly neither did Ama. Um, but you know that she was working on on translating this. This is all you can really pick up in this kind of like time frame, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, that's I'm going to say that's probably going to be your watch. Yeah. Um, you don't get attacked by wolves. <laughs> You guys are okay. (laughs) 
What do you guys? Uh, it's it's now morning. Uh, the sun is up. The birds are tweeting in the air. Um, the bunnies are hopping around the edge. Um, Caden is awake. The uh, the horses are happily chewing grass. Um, unless anyone wants to say or do anything, Zoltana's gonna wake up and like say good morning to Cal. <laughs> good lord! A glorious morning for killing. Yes. Um, you um you are attuned. <laughs> what? You are now attuned. To Cal? To Cal, yes. And also he in line with in line with waking up as you do normally when you play some of these BS games, you are now all leveled. Yeah. <gasps> Except Caden, who stays at his scrubbly level seven. Hooray. Poor Caden. All right, you guys are gonna get back on the road other than saying good morning to Cal. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Wicked. Uh, you guys continue making your way. Um, apart from the odd attack by walls, which you managed to fend off fairly quickly, you guys actually make it to Dowry in good time. Um, nothing really majorly significant happens on this road. Um, you guys get there in pretty good time. You arrive as the it's mid afternoon by the time you arrive arrive in Dowry. Um, Dowry is um. A little village, little town. Um, it's surrounded by a wooden wood wall. Um, like basically, they've taken trunks of trees and ran them into the ground, branches, that kind of stuff. There's a little walkway on the top of this, and people seem to be like walking up and round and around this thing. The wall is probably about mm, ten feet high, something along those lines. There's a there's a gate of sorts, um, manned by a couple of guards. There is inside the the buildings are made of wood, uh, much like log cabins. There is. There are two two buildings made of stone with thatched roofs. One of them, Zoltana would know, is the inn. And the other is essentially like a school of sorts mm. um, for, the, for the little ones. Um, it also serves as a village hall when needed, that kind of thing. You would know this from having been in Dowry before. Yeah. The people here look kind of poor, a little bit malnourished, but on the whole, happy folk wandering around, minding their own business. You notice that there are a couple of buildings outside of this wooden wall. Um, they don't look in terrible repair, um, but they don't they not, don't seem to be doing as good as, as the people on the, and the buildings inside. There's probably a good dozen dozen and a half um, buildings in here. There's a lot of people wondering about there's a mixture of dwarves and elves here. Mostly uh, mostly elves wandering in this little area. Um, yes, and this is what you guys see in the afternoon. The hustle and bustle of an average day. Sweet. Uh, I'm going to... Zoltana's going to turn to the guys and be like, eh, so... Uh, eh. Eh, eh, eh. <laughs> Game show buzzer. <laughs> you got your accent is wrong. <laughs> uh, so do you guys want to go to the inn and get a room and then we can try to figure out, I can take you to the alley. Is that what we're thinking? Or Why are we going to the alley? Didn't you think, wait, why were we in Dowry? Didn't you think that one of the guys would be here because. No, we were looking for one of the pieces. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought I thought that the uh, theory was that the pieces would be in places of significance to our lives because you have No, not our brain. lives, to his. Oh. I misunderstood then. Never mind. Balance. Uh, balance is rubbing his temples. 
You are rubbing your temples because you are hearing Monarch's voice. Oh, hey, buddy. And he says, the items can move from A to B. They can be wherever they want. They may have started in places that were significant to me. But that does not mean they are here. It has been a few thousand years. Thank you for that. Dowry was never a place of importance to me. Oh. But I do feel it is close. Any general sense of direction? Not really. I just know it is close. It's an aspect of me. But I cannot pinpoint. I'm sorry. And you feel him retreat. Okay. You can go after him if you want, but you feel him retreat. Yeah. Balance is just going to say into the void of his mind, I appreciate you at least talking to me again. There's a very stony silence. Okay, well, that was actually fruitful. Uh, We are in the right place. We just need to find where it is that this item is. Is there, Zoltana, you know best, is there a Witcher Society establishment here? Would I know that? It's not here. No, there's not. Hmm. Are there any magic shops? Any stores of such? Bali? Are there any shops where one would trade and sell magical items? Um, probably not so much. This is only a small village. Uh, it's only a small town. Magic items are still like in most most D worlds. They are not readily available to everyone and cost a fortune. Having a magic shop specifically here, they'd probably get out of business pretty quick. No one could really afford it so much here. I mean, you have clerics and paladins and that kind of stuff. Magic derived from faith. That would be the most common type of magic here, but nothing specifically like you could buy a magic spell book or a wand or, you know, that kind of thing. They would be a little bit pricier. Uh, so I say, nah, not really. What about blacksmiths? <laughs> yes. Blacksmiths. Yeah, we, there's definitely a blacksmith. It may be a good idea for us to check with uh, a blacksmith. Perhaps they've seen the shield come in. All right. Lead the way. I don't know where I'm going. All right. So Zoltana like steals herself and she walks towards the blacksmith's shop. Um, you go towards the blacks. You go towards the smithy. Um, you pass. You know, a couple of kids running around and, and giggling and laughing. Um, as soon as they see. Raljak, however, they seem to dart off in different corners and hide behind things and look <laughs> at him like daring one another to go out and try and talk to him, but ultimately just running away in fear. You see a couple of the uh, the elven adults give him a frown and kind of like huddle themselves away or dive into shops where possible. A couple of them give zero fucks. They just look at him and nod and move on. But generally, Raljak, you are kind of met with suspicion and fear. Right, yeah. I've got um, my hood up. Yep, that's Tail cool. wrapped around my leg and all that, looking at the ground. Yep, that's 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 good. Trying to be uh, anonymous. In that, case, uh, in that case, you probably get less, <laughs> mm, slightly less of this kind of like uh, a blatant uncomfortableness around someone who isn't one of their normal, one of their own. Right. Um, yeah, slightly less. Um, but you guys pass, you know, an, an inn on the left called the uh, the the Floundering Fawn. Yeah, fuck it, the floundering fawn. Um, and there's there's ruckus in here. You can hear 
you know, music and 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 drinking and and bawly songs and what may sound like the beginning of a punch up. You're not really sure. You pass the school with uh, the kids running in and out and, and playing and learning. You hear teachers yelling at them for being misbehaving or some such. And eventually, you find yourselves at the end of this long alleyway. Uh, you find yourselves at the smithy. There is a dwarven woman here. Um, she has very, sh- very short blonde hair. It's been uh, cropped like it's... Uh, she's grabbed a dagger and just like hacked bits of it off. And that's how she goes about her day-to-day business. Um, she has biceps the size of most people's thighs, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, she is, uh, she is currently uh, forging, a, forging a longsword. Do you guys want to stay outside or would you like to come in? Uh, she's kind of in, a, kind of in an open area. So oh, it's like an open like, forge. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay. it's it's covered, but it's you can see into it. You can walk into it. There's no walls here per se. Yeah, gotcha. um, there is a little shop attached to the side of this area, but she's just you can see her at, blatantly at the forge. You can see that there are racks of weapons around her, um, and you can see that on on her on her hip there is a, a pretty wicked looking dagger. All right, balance is going to approach. Then I don't know if the others are going to follow, but I'll uh, I'll follow you. I'm staying a good, like, 10 feet back. Caden uh, is probably standing with Ral, just, like, looking around and making sure that, the you know, you aren't, uh, no no one is being attacked sort of thing. Right. Um, the woman looks up at you, like, spits into the uh, into the fire and you hear as it goes up. What? Pleasure to meet you. I uh, had a question for you, if you don't mind. She just stares at you. Right. We're looking for a shield, um, a particular make. I'm not sure if you've seen it before, but this is the appearance of it. And Balance is going to use Minor Illusion to make like a floating image of the shield. Mm-hmm. Um, the little image of the shield pops up there, the, the dark wood and, and the, the brass. I want to say brass, mm-hmm. probably not. It's brass now. It? Um, the kind of like brass inlay circular section. Um, she looks at that and... Like puts uh, quenches quenches the longsword and like comes back over and just like puts it up on the side and looks at it a bit more intently and like, well, I ain't seen nothing like that come in. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, pretty nice looking one, but nah, got nothing here. I mean, I can make it for you. That's what you're after. Uh, we're looking for this one very specifically. Do you know of anybody in the town who may be familiar with such things? Uh, it's a well, bit more of a relic than an actual functional shield, really, but. Oh, what's it? Uh, know anything about its origins? Maybe it's a name. Uh, name for it is knowledge, I believe. Knowledge. Well, the old adage of like you know, best defense is knowledge or whatever bullshit. But uh, no, I tend to agree. Doesn't ring a bell, like at all. I mean, mm-hmm. Is it dwarven? Is it elvish? Is it I don't know, gnomish? I don't fucking know. I'm not sure. Anything else to work on? I mean, I can have a look. Uh, my old man's probably a bit more of the uh, the shieldy type than I am, but. Uh, I doubt he'd know much about it. I can ask. If you wouldn't mind, any information we can get would be greatly appreciated. And balance oh, is going to... Hey! Oh. And um, she uh, shouts back and you see this kind of like... This uh, older dwarven male um, come out from the shop. He's uh, kind of like leaning heavily on, on, a, on a staff and like walking over and uh, he's got a long grey beard. And he uh, looks up, he's like, what can I do for you? We're looking for a shield and it looks like this and balance does the illusion again. Uh, looks, uh, well, it looks sturdy, doesn't it? Hang on a minute, it's ringing a bell. Uh, what, something like, uh, intellect or, uh, wisdom or knowledge or some such? Knowledge, yes. Knowledge, mm, let me think. Yeah, and he strokes his beard, um, leaning heavily on the staff. Like, hang on, let me have a think. 
Yeah, it's something like oh, it's it's a it's an artifact relic. Yeah, some sort of artifact, right? It's uh supposed to imbue the user with a lot of uh, smarts, a lot of intellect. Supposed to. Yeah, it's called knowledge. Uh, hang on a minute. Let me let me dig in my memory. Also known as me digging through my notes to try and find out what the fuck I'd done with it. <laughs> <laughs> hang on a minute. I like how <laughs> I do my that I involuntarily like perked up like what? <laughs> I I immediately go through my notes. Uh, he's going through it in his head. I have to make sure I don't give you the wrong bullshit because I don't want to lie to you accidentally. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, some sort of... It's a it's a magic shield, as far as I know. It's uh, it's been linked with the well, linked with the sect of the shield, as you probably would think. And uh, knowledge is the best defense. I think it's what it's called, knowledge. Yeah, it's uh, pretty old. Uh, probably brass and some sort of old, probably dwarven maze. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's probably dwarven made. But you have a feeling that's probably a little bit of a bullshit lie. Um. Being that I know that. <laughs> Once upon a time, Marnak was a gnome, probably. Mm. Probably gnomish make. Mm, That's maybe. my guess. Maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, I heard tales of it, but I've never, never seen it in my life. Mm. Is there anybody in the town that you'd be aware of who may have uh, more in-depth knowledge of its location? Ah, knowledge of its location. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ah, uh, you're a funny one, mate. And you see the daughter just roll her eyes and go back to hammering this uh, this longsword. Um, nah, I'm probably a best bet. Hmm. Nina. I mean, this thing's got to be, what, four, five, six, seven, eight thousand years old. I don't know for sure. I mean, I don't know where the fuck it would be. I mean, if you found it, I'll give you a pretty penny for it. I mean, uh, I'd sell the daughter for it, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, he points over at the girl. He just hits... Hits this longsword with a resounding thud. Nice little ring comes out of it. She's uh, getting slightly more irritated. Mm, now, unfortunately, we're looking to find it for uh, personal reasons. Um, we have reason to believe that it's somewhere here. <laughs> what, in this little town? Are you fucking kidding me? Wow. <whistles> well, if that's what you believe, then... Uh, <laughs> oh, there's no amount of this, like... Magic shield is ever going to help you, is there? Go on, get away with you. And he he, he kind of like hobbles back into the uh, into the shop unless you stop him. Uh, right. Well, I mean, if you don't have any more information, I was going. I'm willing to pay, but I suppose not. And balance just starts walking away. Uh, you see him, his head t- turn as you say money, and then you see that calculated look of I oh, don't know anything else, and he just goes back into the shop. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, it's more information than we had, but not the information we needed. Zoltana, is there anything you can think of? You're the one that knows this town best. Something like this, if it's not openly known, then chances are it's either being hoarded somewhere or lying forgotten somewhere. I guess I'll roll a history to see if I can remember anything helpful. Sure. She rolls a nat 20. You know exactly where it is. Well, why did we talk to the... Why did we talk to the guy? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, nat 20 or not, I will not. Oh, my God. Four. Um, it wasn't a nat 20. Ah, uh, four. Mm. Ah, four. Nearly the opposite. Um, you would have no fucking clue in any way, shape, or form. Um, the only real 
history I can give you is the fact that you have been here before. You know that there is a mine shaft here before, which is what I think what Demi may have been chatting to you guys about before. Um, but you have no idea of where it is at all. I mean, you just know that there is a place here. I mean, it, yeah, that's, yeah, you have nothing. I got nothing. Yeah. That, that, mine, that mine shaft fit was helpful. That's just a reminder that you were. Yeah. I didn't remember that. <laughs> Does your character remember that at all? No. He probably didn't remember. If he didn't, if Arch didn't remember, I'm going to assume that, that um, Bandas would remember. Oh, wait. Demi was talking about that mine shaft. Or Kythea. I can't remember which one. One of the two. I know or Kythea. I can't remember which one. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, at this point, Raoul, you become aware of the sound of um, uh, th- this fight intensifying at the local inn. And uh, you see a couple of dwarves being thrown out and an elf who uh, seem to have acquired some bruises. Um, are the locals usually rough? And Raw points Sartana towards the ruckus. Do I recognize any of them? Probably not, but you do. Um, let me see how far. Um, no, no, you don't recognize any of them. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a little town, man. Shit happens. People get in fights. You want to go check it out? I don't want to get into it, if that's what you're saying. Um, well, not, you know, get into the fight, but go check out the people, see if they're trouble. We're not here to solve every little problem that we come across. We should try to find wherever this mine shaft is and try to be well, on our way. Your best bet to find out about the mine shaft is the local bar. And they well, I can just ask the blacksmith. Thrown yeah. out of the local bar. I don't follow the logic here. Oh my god. Zoltana's gonna walk over towards... <laughs> okay. Balance is like wa- walking behind Zoltana, like okay. next to Rawl, just being like, I don't understand the logic here. Why would you talk to the idiots in the bar? I don't know. I mean, maybe there's an underground in the bar. <laughs> like in Falsam. We can't assume that there's one in every single bar. That would just be too obvious. Like, you would think the law enforcement would have caught, caught on to that. I don't know. I've only ever been to Falsam, and the law enforcement there was paid off. <sighs> Sultana's going to walk uh, do, do, up. Do, do, do you mind? I, I will not, not pay, paid off. Not you, Caden. I mean, <laughs> I don't know the situation that you had with uh, all of that. but To be fair, Caden, you're also not like a town guard. You're like the prison guard. It's a little bit different. It's true, true. We, we've taken p- people in from, from that diary before, but nothing... I, I don't know the, the the situation here. They seem to have to have guards. And as you arrive at this ruckus, you see that the uh, the two elves have gotten back up. They pulled the, uh, the the dwarves to their feet, and they seem to be going back inside. They seem to be laughing and smiling a bit, despite the bruises that they have acquired. Um, and they're making their way back inside the bar. Zoltana is going to also make her way in back in way make her way inside the bar. As you make your way inside the bar. <laughs> You can see that tables have been knocked over and, and like various like glasses have been uh, glasses have shattered uh, earthware that sort of stuff, and you notice that they're being put upright by a variety of people, and you see that on the bar there stands a dwarf, 
And she is wearing very bright, illustrious belly dancing gear. And she seems to be swaying across the top of the bar, <laughs> hiccuping occasionally and dancing. Yes, you do recognize her. Sultana walks out of the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That you see fast. Sultana walking straight back out of the bar. Oh, are we no. done here? Uh, Is it bad in there? No, it's fine. Um, Remember how you asked me what happened to my friends? Right. One of them is in there, and I know she's not going to want to see me. Uh, I could go talk to her. I, I guess if you want to, she's the one belly dancing on the bar. Well, I mean, maybe she knows something. She's been here for a while, maybe. Yeah. Should we not mention your name? Mention your name? I don't know. Maybe you should just come in anyways. I mean, it's your friend, uh... Just stay here. How um, did you how did you leave things? Um, not well. Uh my wife had just been murdered and her the guy that she was in love with had just been murdered. So uh not well. But you both went through the same thing. We took it differently. Oh. She got sad, I got angry. It uh didn't mesh well. There was fighting. Are you guys doing this in the doorway? Like right Probably outside. Probably like outside, it. yeah. At disadvantage. Because she is rightly hammered. But she still notices the back of Sultana. Oh, good. And you hear someone jump off the bar. Do you hear like, no, get back on the bar. That's the best thing ever. Come on. And you just hear her say, just fuck off. Um, and she just pushes her way through and she taps Sultana on the shoulder. Hi, Elise. Sultana, so good to see you. And she throws her arms around you. She is very drunk. You can just, you guys not being hugging her, you can still smell the fumes coming off of her. Sultana visibly relaxes. Like, she really thought Elise was going to, like, punch her or something. And she would have let her. <laughs> Doesn't mean she's not going to. Oh, fair. Um, she she pulls back and, like, she has clearly trouble trying to, like, keep you in focus. And she says, what are you doing back here? I mean, it's a lovely place. Uh, I'm I'm here on a uh, on a mission. Uh, we had a mission. Do you remember how we had a mission once? <laughs> I do. But that was a really long time ago. It was. Why are you here? I never thought you'd want to come back. I I was I was. I'd nowhere else to go, and I was just drinking. And I thought, well, why not come here and drink? It's a good reason to drink. You know, because because of the things we did. You did. We did. I did. They did. And she like leans over and exaggerates whispers like, trying to find them. But <laughs> I can't find Benno. Yeah. After you left, he and I had a fight. No way. 
Really? I mean, you have a fight with anyone? I'm surprised he's still alive. Balance chuckles. <laughs> yeah, Ra's laughing. <laughs> That's excellent. How do I know you didn't murder him too? Why would I why would I kill Benno? Because <laughs> you like killing people. That's what you do. That's what you did before, and that's what you do now. You're just a killer. I'm not a killer. <laughs> nope. Benno's not a killer. You're a killer. You're scum. Zoltana looks uh hurt, but she quickly like shakes it off. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm going to have a drink. And she kind of like falls into the door frame. Zoltana puts out her hand on um, Elise's shoulder. And um, she says, let, let me buy you a drink. It's the least I can do. You need to buy me a brewery. That's not even a tiny amount of what you owe me. And she falls into the bar and just like grabs hold of the bar and pulls herself up on a stool. And uh, she waves her arm at the barkeep and this uh, this younger female elf, blonde hair, comes by and uh, Lisa's, uh, I'll have a round for me and um, that one there. And she points at Zoltana. She hasn't even really recognized the other, th- the, um, the other three. Totally okay with that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Balance is enjoying the show. Um, the woman, the, uh, the the barkeep comes back. She pours two drinks out. She leaves a bottle of whiskey next to Elise. Uh, Zoltana goes up to the barkeep and says, what do I owe you? Or, sorry, what do I owe you? Eh. Eh. <laughs> um, just call it four or five. Just call it five silver. All right. And she uh, pulls out... Uh, Says seven silver and gives it to her. Oh, um, thank you all. I'll make sure you keep topped up. And she takes the silver and goes back to serving the other patrons. And um, Elise very drunkenly pours two shots, expertly not spilling any of this booze, <laughs> puts it back down on the um, on the thing. And she raises her glass. She still hasn't acknowledged you two, by the way. It's like, to tuck and, and a debt and to never seeing your face again. Zoltana um, smiles wryly and says, To Tuck and Odette, and to you having a happy, healthy life. <laughs> oh, fuck that. And uh, she uh, she nicks the shot. So, what are you, um, what are you doing here? We're looking for something. I never wanted to come back here. We? Who's we? Zoltana gestures at, uh, Rawl and Balance and Caden. Uh, more people to drink with. I love it. Love it. And she reaches behind the bar, pulls out some shot glasses and pours extra drinks and she pushes them all over at uh, the three of you and pushes one into each of your hands. And she looks at Rawl and like, you're a dragonborn, aren't you? You are familiar. <laughs> yeah. I've been everywhere. Well, most places. I, I, I used to travel a lot between you and me. And she puts her hand up like to, to block Zoltana's face from her own and <laughs> unable to whisper. She's like, until I met her, I've traveled everywhere. 
Now, nope, just dowry. I met some of your kind before. Great drinkers, some of you. Cheers. And she just raises her glass and tips it down. Um, I'm going to have to make her make another perception roll. Actually, she has to make a history check. Ooh. Okay. Um, as she next this shot, um, is Laffian, sorry, is balance drinking? Um, he'd probably in good spirits just do the one shot, but that's about it. She looks at you and she kind of like her entire body just kind of like sways from side to side as she's trying to, as she's frowning, she's clearly trying to place you. I know who you are. Let's let's maybe go somewhere more private. Yours. No, he's gonna put a hand over, hand no, over mouth. No, and she whacks your hand down. I would appreciate it if you didn't say anything right now. Thank you. I would never say anything to a bar full of people. That's I your death. hand over what? She nope. just whispers it in your ear. It's like, that's your debt. But that's not fair. You're not supposed to be here. And and people more deserving than you aren't here, but you're here. It's not fair. And she just like shakes her head and you can see like tears are forming in her eyes. Sultana reaches out and like does like the comfort rub on her shoulder like this. Uh, she puts her hand over her shoulder and like touches yours, and uh, she just holds it in place. Like it's not fair. He's here and they're not here, and they're gone. I know. I don't know why you're here, Sultana. I'm really glad you are. And again, she just throws her arms around you and she just becomes a dead weight in your arms as she passes out. Uh, Zoltana, um, like, holds her, but, like, motions to the uh, barkeep. Uh, yeah, she comes over. Uh, oh. No, no, don't worry about it. Do you, Does she have a home? Do you know? She has a... We have an arrangement. She has a room upstairs. I can I can take you to, her, to it. Come on. All right. Are you staying with her? Yeah. I mean, she might hurt, hit me in the morning, but yeah, I'll stay. You're not the first person she would have hit in this bar. And she looks over at the t- the four that had sort of been partially ejected from the bar earlier. What happened there? Uh, as she, as she basically like like jumps over the bar and like, leads you towards the back as you're asking this. Like, they had a... They thought her belly dancing was something that they could touch and they... She proved them to be wrong. <laughs> that sounds like that sounds like Elise. Yeah, she's a bit troubled. Not really sure why. A long time ago, somebody really important to her died in a very violent way. We all have baggage, and uh, she steps back and gestures you into the room. Um, the room is pretty small. There is a bed. There are a couple of chairs. Clearly, Elise's stuff is here, and she's clearly been here for a little while. Hey, everyone. It's me, Zaltana, as voiced by the lovely Casey. Uh, geez, this, uh, 
was not a fun episode for me. Uh, getting to see Elise again. This is hard. Wonder if she'll ever uh, forgive me. Anyway, um, we really appreciate you guys listening. Uh, keep listening. Leave us a review. Uh, it really helps us get out there to new people, new listeners. Check us out on Twitter at, at TLDPad. And uh, you'll find links to the cast's Twitters on our Twitter. Uh, Facebook, uh, The Lucky Die Podcast. Check out our network, The Spark Network, at thespark.network. Um, you can find links to our sister podcasts. Uh, they're really great. You should check them out too. Uh, we also have a website, theluckydie.cam. And uh, yeah, just want to say again, thank you guys for listening and uh, have a great day. Better than mine, at least. The Spot Network. Imagine what your idea can do. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.